Wow, that was exceptional. Man, we're so blessed to have such talent here. That stuff just inspires my heart. I loved it so much. Thank you, guys. That's great. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, we're kicking into week two of our new series called Supernatural. And uh, let me kick off by uh, giving a little bit of a recap for, from last week for those maybe who weren't here or for those who were here, just to get us back on the same page again. Uh, we started with the foundational understanding that what you see is not all there is. What you see is not all there is. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 and 4, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we saw last week that we are caught up in a battle that there is a war going on in the unseen. It's a, a battle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this dark world. We talked about how you know, the vast majority of people out there have had some sort of supernatural experience that they can't explain, and so they try and rationalize it away. Atheists, Buddhists, Muslims, Christians, doesn't matter who you are, it is astonishing if you scratch deep enough how many people out there have had some sort of encounter with the supernatural. You know, just this week, uh, Liz and I realized that most of our family, for some reason at the moment, we're not sleeping well. Bad dreams, uh, being woken up repeatedly in the night. It's been a, a quite a tiring couple of weeks. And when we actually asked our kids, interestingly enough, they were experiencing the same thing. We realized it was time for us to do a bit of a sweep through our house again. Time to just pray through every room again and clear out the bugs, if you like. And so that's what we did. We grabbed the kids and uh, the other evening we just went through room by room. Uh, just kicking out anything that was uh, of the uh, not of God and reinviting the Holy Spirit to come and take residence again. And no surprises. That night, everyone slept like babies. Uh, even our teenagers. I, I actually asked one of my teenagers, I said, did you sleep better last night? He's like, seriously, Dad? How would I know? I was asleep. <laughs> I remember my granddad telling me, my granddad served on the big guns in World War II in Italy. And I remember him explaining to me one point when he was still alive. He said, you know what? We used to just, we just keep the guns firing all night. About every three or four minutes, we'd let off another round. I said, why would you do that? Like, we, did you even know where the targets were? He said, oh, no, we weren't trying to hit anybody. We just wanted to keep the enemy awake. Because if we keep the enemy awake, we keep the enemy fatigued. It's a battle that we're in. The second thing we learned last week is that you are not alone in this battle. You may feel alone, but I'm telling you, you are not alone. There are more for you than those that are against you. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the angelic and the demonic and what's going on in that area. Don't miss next week. Thirdly, we also talked about how your prayers are far more powerful than you know. That there may be times when you feel like nothing is happening. But the Bible is clear that when we pray, God responds. <clears throat> we then learned about the different ways the devil is trying to take you out. And we re-examined the armor of God as it's described in Ephesians. We talked about how it actually, it isn't armor, but it acts like armor for us. God has given us these powerful truths that we must stand in and hold on to and make part of the way we see our life and our world for there is strength and protection and effectiveness in that. And so today we're going to take a closer look 
at what God is doing in the midst of all of this. In particular, the Holy Spirit, aka the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost, or just the Spirit. You know, over and over again, the Bible mentions the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. In fact, over 800 times in Scripture, the Spirit of God is mentioned. You know, in the Old Testament times, we would read about how the Spirit of God would actually kind of descend on a particular person and then would later depart again. The Holy Spirit was with Saul. It would come on Saul. And he would be changed into a different person for a period of time. And then the Spirit would leave him again. The same with David. When, in fact, when David sinned with Bathsheba, one of his most poignant psalms is when he sings to the Lord. He says, God, whatever you do, please don't take your Spirit from me. You see, David understood how much of a difference the Holy Spirit made. In the Old Testament, what was the Holy Spirit doing? What was the Spirit doing when he was coming on a, on a person and, and then uh, for a season or for a time? The Spirit of God was saving a nation. That's what the Spirit of God was doing. The Spirit of God was providing leadership that would preserve and protect God's people against a spiritual enemy that was dedicated to destroy them. You see, his presence with and on and in an ordinary person, somehow enabled them to be an extraordinary version of themselves. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit enables us to be an extraordinary version of ourselves. And in the New Testament, we can see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. We see him descending on, on many people. And then we see this an absolute watershed in the history of the supernatural when the Spirit is poured out on all flesh and he does not withdraw himself. Jesus was baptized. It says he went up out of the water and at that moment heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit is represented in Scripture. We also see the Holy Spirit falling on the people of God at Pentecost and manifesting as a, as a fire. Acts chapter 2, they, see, sorry, they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Jesus described the Holy Spirit in another place as like rivers, rivers of living water that flow from the inside of us. John seven thirty eight. whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them by the cement the Spirit. And still another time, Jesus breathed on the disciples. Got right in their faces and he breathed on them. Listen to this, John 20. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive my Holy Spirit. Now, God gives us these pictures as metaphors that we might understand more about who the Spirit is and what he does in our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit does not just have one way of functioning. He does not just have one way of presenting himself. It's not just one thing that he does in our lives. Now, when we see the Holy Spirit as a fire, we need to understand he's not a fire. But he is like a fire in us, passionate, consuming, dangerous. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the form of a dove, he's not a dove. But likewise, he is like that personality of a dove in us. He is 
peaceful. He is curious. He is also easily disturbed. Likewise, Jesus is not a river, but he is like a river in us. This unending supply that the Spirit is, refreshing, powerful, producing life and growth wherever it goes and flows. Likewise, he is not breath as we understand breath, though both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Hebrew and Greek word for spirit literally is translated as breath. But he is like breath, he is present. He is intimately close. We need that like we need breath, moment by moment. He is filling, he is oxygenating, he is removing things in us that are no longer healthy for us. These are some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. So let me ask you this this morning. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit? Jesus explained it this way to a doubting religious intellectual. In John chapter 3, verse 8, he said, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus is saying, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind. Likewise, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the effect of the Holy Spirit. And you have seen the Holy Spirit more than you realize. We all have. Yet Paul gives us an illuminating scripture which helps us realize this. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11, he says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Now, think about that for a moment. You ever seen Pastor Luke bringing in a message of incredible spiritual wisdom? Who was that behind his words? That was the Holy Spirit. Do you remember we had maybe a couple of months ago we had Pastor Mike Knott here preaching and he had a word of knowledge for someone who had a particular back problem. And one of our guys, Darren, when I think that's me, and he came up here and he got radically healed. And he kept ringing me. For weeks afterwards, he just was in complete disbelief that God had totally healed him. What was going on? Who was that? That was the Holy Spirit you saw working through Mike Knight. Have you ever heard Lizzie when she gets fired up and rock solid with faith on something? I tell you, over and over again in our marriage and in our church life, when Liz gets something in the spirit and faith, I tell you, it's going to happen and it just does. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit again working through that gifting. Have you ever seen Maggie Lawson praying for someone who gets miraculously healed? I've seen that again and again and again. It's things that my... My scientific brain will not allow me to believe, and yet I just saw it with my eyes. Someone was healed again. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit again you saw in action. Have you seen Bob prophesying over someone? That's the Holy Spirit you saw. Have you seen someone identifying a demonic spirit in somebody and dealing with that and kicking that out? Or have you seen someone speaking in tongues? Or have you seen someone interpreting tongues? Any of these things, I tell you who you're watching, you're watching the Holy Spirit at work. That's what that is. You've seen him. You've seen him more than you realize. You've seen what he does. So let me give you three supernatural truths from Scripture today that will help us as we get to know the Holy Spirit. Supernatural truth number one is this, that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not 
like the second assistant in the Trinity. He's not Jesus' PA. He's not, the, he's not the youth pastor of the Godhead. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. The devil would love you to think that the Holy Spirit somehow doesn't quite have the same authority as Jesus or the Father, that somehow he doesn't quite have the same power. But we need to understand that that is ridiculous. In fact, if we start in Genesis, the very first thing we see, that the Holy Spirit is the power of God that brings all of the known universe into reality. Working in perfect unison with Jesus, the Word of God, and the Father, together, God creates the heavens and the earth. The Holy Spirit is God. Second supernatural truth is this, is that the Holy Spirit is with you. He's at your side. He is present. And you need to understand, He doesn't accuse. He doesn't condemn. If you're hearing an accusing voice, it isn't the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling condemnation, it isn't the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling fear of judgment, it isn't the Holy Spirit. Let me read John chapter 14, verse 26 to you from the Amplified Version. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. You see, he isn't going anywhere because he is called there. You know, the Greek word that's translated here, helper or advocate, is the Greek word parakletos. Do you know what that means? It means it translates literally as someone who is called alongside. The Holy Spirit's call is to be alongside you in life, with you in the things that are going on. That is why he is the comforter. That is why he is the counselor, because he is with you. That is the truth. Supernatural truth number three, the Holy Spirit will lead you. Romans 8, verses 6 and 14. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Two things here. Number one, the word led is the Greek word ago. It means to lead by taking hold of to a destination. To lead by taking hold of to a destination. That is what, what he does in your life. He doesn't just kind of shout at you from a distance. No, he's, he's like the dad who, who puts his arm around his son's shoulders and says, come on, son, I'll show you where to go. He's like the dad who takes his little girl's hand and says, come on, I'll show you, I'll show you the way. That is what God does. That is how the Holy Spirit leads us. It also talks about governance. And you know, here in, in, in Elam, we have an eldership, and their role is governance. They make the big decisions. They agree on the correct direction. They are the ones who define the destination alongside of our senior pastor, Luke Bro. They solve the big problems. They agree on the culture. They are the ones who make the decisions on the way we do things. We look to our eldership for governance, and I tell you, there is a great sense of peace in our campuses because of the quality of our eldership, and we have several elders of our elders here in our congregation. When we look to the Spirit for governance, the result is life and peace. He will take responsibility for defining the destination. He will lead you if you will let Him lead you. So then what is the Holy Spirit's purpose? 
What is the Holy Spirit's purpose in your life? Absolutely, He will lead you. He is with you. He is alongside of you. But what is He trying to achieve in us and through us in the battle that we are in? You know, the Holy Spirit is continuing what Jesus started. In Titus, we read that Jesus gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. It's such a key theological word there, redeem, to redeem us. Redeem means to buy back or to recover. Jesus came to buy us back, to buy you back. He came to recover our intended purpose. You know, Jesus had the most profound effect on a person. When Jesus, sorry, when people decided to follow Jesus, it wasn't just like an inspiration it actually became a total internal reformation. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, we read, when they saw the courage, this is the Pharisees, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, it wasn't just that these guys were brave. Pharisees, the Pharisees had seen plenty of brave guys. Plenty of brave men and women. Brave people like Barabbas. Remember Barabbas? The guy who was in prison for insurrection? The guy that, that, uh, that the crowd said, no, we want you to release Barabbas. We want you to crucify Jesus. Remember that guy? It says in the scripture that everyone knew who Barabbas was. Everyone knew him for his violence. He was a key leader in this uprising. See, the Pharisees were well familiar with brave people but there was something about Peter and John that was just next level again there was something about them that they didn't just go oh who are these brave guys no like there was something about them that made them inquire what is it that makes these guys so different and they realized upon examination it was because they were disciples of Jesus they had been with him Jesus did that to a person People lived a stronger, truer version of themselves. It was like they found or recovered the purpose that they were originally designed for. And it wasn't just courage and ability that Jesus inspired in a person. It was also heart as well. There was always a change of heart, a change of motivation that Jesus produced. You know, look at the disciples. These guys gave up solid businesses to dedicate themselves to following Jesus and helping people. They literally gave up all self-centered ambitions to be secure or wealthy or important or even comfortable. Why? To do what Jesus was doing, to help others, to do good, to relieve suffering, to connect people with God at a personal level. Jesus did that to a person as well. People lived good lives. They, they, live, they live generous, giving, contented lives when they came in contact with Jesus. And that is what the Holy Spirit does as well. The Holy Spirit changes us. He restores us to our original potential and purpose. Now, I tell you, that's a thought for some of us here today. Doesn't matter where you are, how far you've gone. Doesn't matter what's happened in your life. Doesn't matter about the decisions that you've made. It doesn't matter how life has beat you down. 
The Holy Spirit is one who is called alongside, who will lead you, and he is the one who desires to restore you and has the power to restore you to your original potential and purpose. You see, when the Spirit of God came on Saul, when the Spirit of God came on David, he didn't give them super abilities. He just allowed their natural abilities that God had put in them, their true potential. He allowed that to come out and to be realized. That's what he does for you. That's what he does for you. You see, we don't actually need superheroes in this world. What we need is supernatural people. And here's the amazing thing. Here's the astonishing thing. That in the midst of all this, he doesn't want a master-slave relationship with you. It's not like I'm going to do all this for you and you are going to, you're going to get down and you're going to serve me. He doesn't even want that. What he actually wants is he wants a friendship with us. John 15 verse 14, you are my friends. You are my friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. There's a different, there's a different thing that he wants here. Jesus Yes, he is our Lord. Yes, he wants our loyalty. Yes, he wants our obedience for our good, not for anything that benefits him. But he wants our friendship as well. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants. He wants your friendship. And I want to challenge you today because you know what? Some of us, some of us, we need to, we need to make a new friend. Amen? Some of us, we need to make a new friend. What a friend we have in Jesus, as the song says, and what a friend we have in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you four things that the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit is a friend who, number one, resources you with power. Resources you with power. When the Holy Spirit is in you and on you, you have access to power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's, a, it's the power to act. It's the power to translate a desire into an action and to step out in faith and see a supernatural result. That power is what adds the spark to what you are saying. It's that thing that adds a jolt to what you are doing. It doesn't just bless, it brings breakthrough. You know that thing when you just feel you need to go up and encourage somebody? It's just a nudge, it's a something in your spirit, and you need to do it. When you go up and you go up and just encourage someone, and instead of them going, oh, cool, okay, yep, thanks for that, instead of that, there's something else that goes on. It's like there's a different spark, a different power. They suddenly well up in tears. They can't even speak because for some reason, your simple word of encouragement, nudged by the Holy Spirit, has a different power on it now. And it goes deep into someone's soul and it changes them in a powerful way. Sometimes an ordinary word has an extraordinary power on it because the Holy Spirit makes that available to you. You know, the word in the Greek is dunamis. That's the word for power. Dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamo. You don't see dynamos so much these days. Back in the day, everyone used to have a dynamo on their bike because it used to drive produce power for a little headlight. Now, of course, we have high-tech batteries that are able to do that. But, but this is what a dynamo does. A dynamo is something that creates a spark of electrical power from movement. The Holy Spirit is a dynamo in you. It resources you with more. It resources you with power that produces something 
that is different from what you can produce on your own. Just last week, my son Sam went out to start his car to go to work early in the morning and it wouldn't go. Yeah, I tell you, that's just the joy, isn't it, of, of your first car. You know, your, the first car you paid some pittance for, bought it off some guy who told you that his grandmother drove it for the last 20 years and it's been serviced regularly. And oil is always that color. Right. So Sam goes out to get in his car. There's fuel in the car. He's, he's raring to go, but there's just no power to get the motor running. So I pop the hood, praying that Jesus will do a miracle and let me look impressive in my son's eyes. And the miracle happened. All that was wrong was the battery lead had become loose and popped off his battery. I was able just to pop that connection back on. Try it now, Sam. Kicked it into gear, and I'm an A-grade mechanic. The point is this, the power was there, it just wasn't connected. And I'm telling you, the power is there for you, but are you connected? You've got to be connected to the Holy Spirit. This friendship is the connection that allows us access to the power of God. When we are connected, there is a different power that is available for us. Number two, the second thing that our friend, the Holy Spirit, does for us is he helps us to avoid the devil's traps. And we talked about the devil's traps last week. In Galatians chapter 5, you want to read it again sometime. Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What's he saying? You will not get caught up in the trap of the enemy. And he goes through and gives us all these things. He says, the acts of the flesh, what's he saying? He's saying, the traps of the enemy are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. He goes on and on. And then he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, he says, he says this, this is how we should be living. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, these things are a trap. Sexual immorality is a trap. How does it work? Because, you see, a trap always has a bait, something that's attractive, that lures something in before the trap is sprung. Sexual immorality is a trap. Partying, debauchery is a trap. Hatred is a trap. Jealousy is a trap. Proverbs 11 verse 6 says, The unfaithful are trapped. By what? By evil desires. You see, the problem is sexual immorality feels good. Feels like connection. Feels like love. Feels exciting. But it's a trap because where there is sex without commitment, I'm telling you, somebody is being used. Hatred feels good sometimes. It feels powerful. It makes you feel significant. It makes you feel like you're in control, but it's a trap because hatred is a cancer that will eat you from the inside out. It will destroy your heart. Fits of rage can be a trap. It can, it can feel good. It can feel like you're taking control. It can feel like you're significant. But, you know, fits of rage, they damage everyone around you. Proverbs says that fits of rage are the mark of a fool. The Holy Spirit helps us avoid the devil's traps, keeps us free, enables us to move in what is powerful and good. 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit is also a friend who, number three, enables us to pray with power. Now we've heard last week that our prayers are more powerful than we realize, but I'm telling you there's a certain kind of prayer 
which is even more powerful. And that is when we pray in the Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, when I was a young Christian, I had a guy who was a little bit older than me. He headed up the evangelism team. So he was like this wild and crazy guy who'd go out in the street and talk to anyone. And we were in awe of him. And uh, he said to me these words one day. He said, Mike, you pray in the Spirit strongly for 20 minutes a day and it will change your life. I said, whatever. I said, that's rubbish. He said, no, I'm telling you. He says, you pray for 20 minutes a day strongly in the Spirit and it will change your life. He insisted. He kept on challenging me until I was just being a chicken if I kept backing down. So I actually said, all right, I'll give it a try. I can, I can still remember that week. I, I remember the first time I tried to pray in the Spirit for 20 minutes. I got like, I don't know, 15 17 seconds in, and I'm like, my mouth is going numb here. I don't even know I can do this. But what I found over that week is I just took some time and pressed, and I found something different began to happen in my experience of God. And, and the things I began to pick up around me and the sense that I had of what God wanted me to do, it was an entirely different thing. And I tell you, over my life as a Christian, I've had seasons when I do this, and I've had seasons when I've forgotten. And when I forget and then I remember, that's right, there's a power in prayer that's available to, to me through this. Then I lean into that again. I tell you, I just have an entirely different experience in my life again. It is so powerful. It's so interesting, isn't it? That when, the, when God sent the Holy Spirit to fall on the disciples, what's the very first thing he did for them? The very first thing he did, he did was he said, I've got to give these guys a different power in prayer. I'm going to give them a prayer language. And at the end of this service, if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, then our prayer team are going to be available up here just to stand with you, pray for you, ask God to baptize you in the Spirit, release that prayer language in your life. Fourthly and finally, the Holy Spirit is a friend who reminds us of the Word of God. You know, the devil loves to steal the Word of God from you, but the Holy Spirit loves to sow the, whole, the Word of God in us. John 14, as you read before, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will what? Remind you of everything I have said to you. Why? Because it is truth. And truth applied changes our lives. It changes the way we see, it changes the way that we do. And it all happens through the application of God's word. You know, the devil comes with his words, doesn't he? You are hopeless. You will never change. You will always be miserable. God doesn't really love you. You will never make a difference. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit comes with His words, with the Word of God, the words of Jesus. He says, no, 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 you will overflow with hope by my power, Romans 15, 13. You will grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3, 18. He says, God, God, I will pour my love into you by my spirit, Romans 5, 5. He says, God, God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Romans 8.31. He says, I have appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. John 15.16. You see, when the Holy Spirit reminds us of God's word, he is reminding us of our single most potent weapon in battle. He's like the sergeant major who is constantly reminding the recruits to love their rifle. Never put your rifle down. You go sleep with your rifle. You don't go anywhere without your rifle. So the Word of God reminds us. We need to have the Word of God in us. We need to have it with us. We need to use it every day. We need to teach it, excuse me, to our children. It is so powerful. Let me pull this together. 
The Holy Spirit is God. He is always at your side. And he will lead you if you will seek him. He will resource you with power. He will help you to avoid the devil's traps. He will enable you to pray with power. And he will constantly remind you of God's word. But here's where it gets really interesting. You see, the Holy Spirit equips us for the battle that we are in, the battle that we are in the midst of. And while God will win the war, we know that we've read the end of the book, there are no guarantees for the individual battles that we are in. And the sad truth is, is that not everyone will make it. Several times in my life, I've taken all my kids to McDonald's and I've had the conversation with them. The conversation that goes like this. I need you guys to understand one thing. That after all this, after all this life, there will be a day, a morning. There will be a morning. The Bible talks about the, the final day. And I want you to understand that on that final day, me and mom are going to be waiting for you. You have an appointment with us. Do not let us down because we will be searching for you. So I don't care how you live your life. I don't care what you do. I want you to follow Jesus all your days. But at the end of it, regardless of the mistakes you make and what you do wrong, and you're going to make them make no mistake, but you have got to know him. And you have got to at some point live for him because there is an appointment and we will be looking for you. So do not let us down. You see, in the natural world, you can't win a victory on the outside until you win the victory on the inside. Wars are won when soldiers are willing to lay their lives down for their country and for one another. When they have won the battle against fear and selfless, selfishness and doubt on the inside, then there is nothing that they can't conquer on the outside. And so this battle begins with surrender. You know, when I was a new Christian, when I was 22 years old, first came to Elam, I just couldn't get my head around why people were lifting their hands up in worship until someone reminded me of what people do when they surrender. They lift their hands up. And it's a reminder to me every time I worship God of what I'm doing. Yes, I'm honoring him. Yes, I'm praising him. And yes, I'm surrendering to him again. The Holy Spirit can only work in me and with me if I'm willing to give up control you know maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally let me say this to you you've got so much to look forward to you've got so much to look forward to the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life God wants you to know him and, and, and experience his love and experience this friendship with his spirit but the Bible also says that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's our sin, it's our rejection of God that keeps us distanced from God so we can't know and experience His love and plan for our lives. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one come to the Father, can come to the Father except through me. You know, Jesus came and died on a cross to remove your sin from you that, so that you can be restored to a relationship with God. And every one of us have a decision to make in life. Will we receive through faith? Will we receive Him as our God, as our Lord? The Bible says that for all who received Him, for all who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of 
Will you receive Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior? Because He wants to make you new. He wants you to restore. He wants to restore you to God. He wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes just for a moment and bow their heads. You know, if you're here today and, and, and this is you, and, and you haven't made that decision, or maybe you made it, but you've wandered, you've drifted from God, you know it. You know that you're not experiencing His love or plan right now. Then I'm talking to you. And I would love you to pray with me. Pray this simple prayer right now. Receive Jesus as your God and as your Savior. And experience that newness of life that He wants you to have. Pray along with me to something as simple as this right now. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. But I believe that Jesus came for me. And right now, I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins and make me new right now. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my life right now. I trust you with my future. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes closed and head back just for one more moment because I'm going to pray really quickly for every person who committed their lives to God or maybe recommitted their lives this morning. I'd just love you to do me the honor in just a moment of just lifting up your hand, giving me a wave, and then pulling your hand back down again. I, I just want to know who I'm praying for this morning. So very quickly, right across the auditorium, if you prayed that today for the first time, or maybe you prayed that, kind of just coming back to God today, would you right now put your hand up like this, give me a wave, say, yeah, Mike, that was me. I prayed that prayer. I would so love to pray for you this morning. Thank you, sir. That's so good. Good on you. So good. Anyone else here this morning? Anyone else? That's fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's awesome. It's, it's wonderful. Okay, let's just pray for, for these ones. Mighty God, I thank you, Lord, for the courage of a man and a woman, God, to say, yes, Jesus. To say, yes, I receive you. God, yes, I give it all to you. Father, I pray, Lord, as these ones have surrendered their lives into your hands, I pray, Holy Spirit, you will fill them, God. You'll surround them with your angels, God. God, you grant them peace, God, because you've removed their sin from them. Father, I pray you fill them with your glory. Watch over them, God, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you know, in just a moment, we're going to sing our final song, and, and we're going to have an opportunity for anyone who wants prayer. This morning. So I'm going to come back up in just a second, but I'm going to get Shane up here very quickly. Uh, we just need to take up our offering and a few other things, and then I'll be right back. So thanks, Shane. So before we are passing around our offering bags, please let me remind you again about our Connect card. If you want to communicate with us regarding anything you would like to want us to know, please just fill in one of those cards. You can just join one of our small groups or growth track or get baptized or even just a prayer. So you can just mention that on this card. We would love to serve you. So please take a few moments, take a few minutes to fill in a Connect card when the offering bags are passing around. And today, Pastor Mike says, uh, the supernatural power is always there, but it's just not connected with us yet. So I do believe when we do giving, when we give what we have according to God's will, it will open a way for us to get connected to the supernatural power of God. Because we are going to witness not only what God is going to do through our giving to the people who received, but also 
God will bless us as we become a blessing in other people's life. So today, let's pray for our giving. God, we thank you. Thank you for your supernatural power moving in our life. God, when we give, we are not give with our own power. We give in your power. So you will move to the people who receive our giving. And also, God, you will bless everyone here today. God, because we will all become a blessing in other people's life. God, we thank you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Great, so come on, cheer. Let's get to our feet as the offering bags go around. And if you want to, still want to give into that Sri Lanka offering, if you grab an envelope from the back table down there, uh, you can give into that. That'd be awesome as well. Look, we're going to take uh, this last couple of moments to sing this final song. And, and we want to open the altar today. You know, the Holy Spirit is here. He is present. And if you have, if you need healing in your body or in your heart, come forward and our team would love to stand with you and pray for you and, and see the Spirit of God move in power in your life. Look, if you just want to be refreshed and topped up, if it's been a tough day, a tough week, a tough year, then come on, because the Holy Spirit will fill you again. And also, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'd love to have that prayer language, you have the Spirit present in your life in a different level. Then if you come up as well, and when, when you stand with one of our team, you just tell them, would you just pray for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They will pray and God will honor that, I know. So we're going to sing this song together now. If you want prayer, have the courage to come out from your seats. Come out here. Our team wants to pray with you and believe God for breakthrough in your life. Let's honor the Lord as we finish today. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen.
Can you please feel free to have a seat in our guest area? And our team will approach to you and serve you with a very nice coffee. God bless you. God bless everyone here today to have a wonderful, peaceful week. We'll see you next Sunday.